Section 13 of the Catholic's Ready Answer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Catholic's Ready Answer by Reverend M. P. Hill. Section 13 Ceremonies in Public Worship. Erroneous View. The public worship of the Catholic Church captivates the senses, but it savors little of adoration in spirit and in truth. T. Sackert The Truth The worship of the ancient Jewish religion captivated the senses, and yet it was instituted by God himself. It was not simply and solely a matter of external ceremony. It was a worship in truth though not as yet in the fullness of truth. Christian worship was indeed intended to be an adoration in spirit and in truth, but it does not follow that it was not to have any external expression. Christ himself practiced outward worship in the ceremonies of the Pasch and in the institution of the Eucharist. It was he who instituted the sacraments of the Church, and the sacraments are outward rites as well as means of interior sanctification. Outward ceremony must, of course, be animated by an interior spirit. Such is the teaching of the Catholic Catechism. But interior worship is not enough, at least for mortals like ourselves, who possess both bodies and souls. Interior worship without the exterior expression would be imperfect it would not be the worship of the entire man. Protestants themselves are conscious of the deficiencies of their modes of public worship. They feel the need of something to stimulate their adoration in spirit and in truth. If outward forms disappear, the habit of interior worship is likely to evaporate. A man who never prays with his lips will soon forget to pray in his heart. Our being is so framed that we must lean for support upon outward acts if we would preserve what is interior. The great Leibniz, though a Protestant, was in perfect accord with the Catholic view in this matter, a fact which is evident in the following striking passages taken from his system of theology. I do not agree with those who, forgetful of human weakness, reject under pretense of the adoration in spirit and in truth everything that strikes the senses and excites the imagination. For every one who seriously considers the nature of our mind as it exists in this body will easily admit that although we can form within the mind ideas of things which are outside the sphere of sense, yet we are unable, notwithstanding, to fix our thoughts upon them, and to dwell on them with attention, unless there be superadded to the internal idea certain sensible signs, such as words, characters, representations, likenesses, examples, associations, or effects. Whatever leads the mind most effectually to the consideration of God's greatness and goodness, whatever excites our attention, reproduces pious thoughts. Nay, whatever renders devotion sweet and grateful, 
all this is deserving of approval. I am of opinion that God does not disregard, as unworthy of his service, the use of musical instruments, nor vocal harmony, nor beautiful hymns, nor sacred eloquence, nor lights, nor incense, nor precious vestments, jeweled vases, or other offerings, nor statues or graven images of pious objects, nor the laws of architecture and perspective, nor public processions, the chiming of bells, the strewing the streets with carpets, and the other expedients which the overflowing piety of the people has devised for the divine honor, and which certain people in their morose simplicity despise. London Edition, 1850, pages 48 to 50. Those who hold the Protestant view seem to regard the gorgeous ceremonial of the Catholic Church as something purely adventitious, or as something merely laid on from without, as flowers and festoons are used to decorate a banquet hall. The truth is that the Catholic ceremonial springs from the very heart of interior Catholic faith and worship. It is a thing that grows from within, and unfolds itself to outward view as a matter of necessity. Granted a Catholic's firm belief in the real presence of Christ the Son of God under the sacramental species, granted a belief that He is our continual guest, and holds His court invisible, within the sanctuary of his temple. What is more natural than to surround his presence with the pomp and magnificence which ordinarily accompany the great ones of the earth? It is not simply a question of Catholic devotion arraying itself in gorgeous apparel. It is much more a question of its showing its own interior spirit in the most natural and expressive manner. It is thus that Catholic ceremony because vitally connected with true interior devotion, is not a hindrance to true devotion, but rather furnishes a natural outlet for it, at the same time that it reacts upon it and intensifies it. We may remark in conclusion that the use made of the phrase adoration in spirit and in truth is a fair sample of the purely mechanical application of texts of Scripture introduced by the Reformation. The expression was used by our Lord in his conversation with the woman at the well, John chapter 4. He tells her that the time is at hand, when there shall no longer be any question whether Jerusalem or Samaria is the true place of worship, but when God shall be honored by a worship having its origin in the illumination of the Spirit, and in the fullness of the truth about to be revealed. There is not the smallest intimation of our Lord's disapproval of the ceremonies of divine worship. End of section 13. Recording by John Brandon.